Hey, Kat, what's something everyone knows, has some experience with, and can be done outside the virtual world by literally anyone? Racing games. Okay, okay. Racing games are awesome, but I got a question for you. Simulation or arcade? So, there's a huge difference between the two. And you know what? I can't give you an answer, so let me explain. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. It is time to get into today's topic, racing games. I love this topic. I love racing games. I love everything to do with racing. So, again, welcome back to Let Me Explain. I am Brady along with... I'm Kat and... Close. Close. Don't you fucking dare. (laughs) We have now officially confirmed all of this. We have exterior sources that are joining in, calling you Wolf. Please. We have now God. have two episodes that have ended with you being Wolf Zodiac. So I think it's just time. I am not Wolf Zodiac. My name is Cat. My name is Cat Zodiac. Stop it. <laughs> it might. It just. I don't know. It might stick. If I was any one of a social media person, I would start hashtagging Wolf Zodiac. But <clears throat> I am not. And I will not do that to you because I do respect that you are Cat Zodiac, even though. um. There are some issues with it. So, (laughs) back to the topic at hand, racing games. Kat, you and I have a lot of experience with racing games. And it was actually through us kind of going through this project, starting this podcast, and really talking to each other more that we found out we had this mutual love. Yeah. Um, Of course, you and I have a larger background in it. We've been doing this really since we were kids. Mm -hmm. It's just something that we've grown into, and you and I have both seen the rise and kind of the development of not only simulation racing games, but also the arcade racing games. And that's pretty much what we're going to get into today. It's kind of how they rose, what they came from, and really the difference between simulation and arcade. And finally, we'll get into some of our personal experiences, personal opinions, and go from there and it's just going to be a it's going to be a fun it's going to be a lighthearted episode i mean i'm i'm feeling good today we're gonna we're gonna have a good time yeah um like i like how you uh how you just kind of said hey we've both been doing this for a fucking long time uh but yeah you're not wrong because like you and me well i grew up with xbox and and you grew up with ps1 and I just had to deal with a lot more of the better racing games than you did, so. Now, that is to say, one of the reasons why we're doing this episode today is because just recently, two really, really well-renowned games have come out. Uh, WRC 9, which is World Rally Championship 9, which is one of the best, uh, one of the best simulation rally games of all time, and Project Cars 3, which is prospected to be the most realistic simulator of all time. Uh, mind you that Gran Turismo's most uh, most recent game has been meh at best. 
I, you know, I deserve it, but I still don't like it. Uh, hey, I'm just saying, like... I loved Xbox Gran Turismo 3, and I will admit, for, I will admit now, Forza may have passed Gran Turismo uh, in the current uh, game. I'm just hoping that they do better oh. on the next one in five years. Well, I mean, like... I'm 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 just saying Gran Turismo Sport is is um is on par with uh Need for Speed. Oh, wow. That hurt. That that actually hurt a lot. Um well I mean like I mean here's the thing like the the newest Need for Speed is rated higher than the than Gran Turismo Sport. Right, I see how we're going today. We're getting sassy cat today. So <laughs> before we get too don't far call me this, let's go ahead. And we're going to do a brief history of racing games in general, how they started, and then kind of I don't know one or two that really solidified the genre, and we'll get into the arcade and sim ver- uh, arcade and sim from there. So. Yeah. A little bit about the history of racing games. The first racing game that was, or what is regarded as the first racing game that was made, was a arcade game, like a true arcade game. I know some younger people think that, oh, arcade games are just games that you get on your uh, phones and play this way. No, I mean, this was a in an arcade, the big cabinets. Yeah, it was that kind of game. Um, it was an arcade game by the name of Grand Track 10. Grand Track 10 was made in 1974, and it was a top-down racing game. So what it was was when you looked at the screen, you see the entire track, and then that the position of your car is at the start-finish line. And really, it's only just a white block pixel that you move and rotate throughout the track along with um, other cars that you're racing. Yeah. So... The fun thing about this, though, was it was one of those games that it wasn't a joystick and a couple mashing buttons for a gas and a brake and then a turn. It actually used a proper steering wheel, a gear shift, and pedals, a brake and a gas pedal for all of the controls. Now, this being the first racing game was a huge thing. Because it wasn't, it didn't necessarily mean that people were just trying to take this idea of a game and modify it to an arcade. They took racing in general and forced arcades to modify to it using the actual mechanics of racing. And it kind of, it planted the idea in people's heads that, you know what, this can be a thing. This can be how things move forward. It really set the groundwork for what we have as uh, simulation rigs or simulation um, controls today. And I'll go a little bit more into that in, uh, later on. But I do have to say, though, like, with the... Because in that, in that first game, they had to use ASC2 text, which we covered in the last episode. If you haven't listened to the last episode, check it out. We've I talked about ASC2 text for a little bit. But, like, it's got to fucking suck. To to drive that in ASC to text and just have to like I don't like just thinking about it I don't really know how that works but anyway go on I you know 
I completely understand it, but for it being the first one, it's allowed to have some problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the problems being with the uh with the entire uh entire idea at the be- at the beginning, but that's more 2020 hindsight than then. So Now, granted, Grand Tech 10, while it was extremely innovative and kind of jump-started the genre of a racing game, racing games didn't really take off and didn't really become popular until 1983 when the best-ever selling, well, sorry, not best-ever, at that point, it was the best-selling racing game made. And to put that in perspective, it brought in the equivalent of $162 million today, which, you know, it may not sound like a lot, but that's really, really good money, even for modern day games. And this is back in 1983. The game I'm talking about is, of course, Pole Position. If you don't know it by name, you definitely know it by a couple screenshots, or just if you're a racing game person, or even an arcade person, it is a classic game that really set the groundwork for everything we have racing. Pole position was the game where you have your red Indy car and you're just looking over the horizon on the map and you're trying to react to the other cars and so on and so forth. It is the game that put the driver perspective or the gamer perspective above that rear wing, looking down and looking over the car so you can see everything around you. Which, of course, as we know, is the way everything goes now. That is the default camera. And, of course, you can move it around yeah. in newer games. But this made it the default. So you can see cars come up behind you. You can see you passing cars when you clear them to get over if you just don't want to hit them out of the way. I know some of you do, me being one of them. But pole position really became the foundation for the modern racing game. It put it on the map. People swarm to arcade shops to get the opportunity to play it. And then it came out on the Atari home system to where they could play it at home, which was the next innovating part and bringing all of this into your house. You didn't have to go out. And that's just a gaming thing in general. And this game luckily was able to capitalize and get in on that um, portion. I can't go about the history of racing games without bringing up Yep. Probably one of the greatest and longest lasting series of just the racing game market. And Kat, you and I were Xbox, were PlayStation, and as much as we'd like our um our renowned game to be this, the Forza, the Gran Trismo, the Burnout, whatever you want to call it, sadly that's not the case for this one. No, no, it's not. It had to be a fucking arcade game. But, I mean, that being said... <laughs> of course the game is Mario Kart. I mean, people don't want to race with skills, so they just want to have fun. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying. Have you tried drifting in Mario Kart in some of the newer games? They actually put a little bit of a skill cap on it to where it's kind of difficult. Yeah, but like... The, yeah, but comparing the uh, the learning curve of Mario Kart, which is about the size, about to my fucking shin, to the learning curve of actual simulation and racing games, which is at least ten times larger, uh, they are not the same. 
I still enjoy Mario Kart. I mean, I and do too, but like... Of course we know Mario Kart, and some of y'all actually probably were around when Mario Kart first came out. I personally am a little bit after it, but Mario Kart, Mario Kart the very first one, came out in 1992, and it is the first our true, what we know today as the arcade-style game. It is the, you race around the track in your little cart or your bike, and you collect the items, and you fuck up your friends, ruin friendships, and overall, someone's probably breaking the controller. But that's neither here nor there. Mario Kart, Mm -hmm. the original Mario Kart, is regarded as one of the greatest all-time racing games. Not only because of its innovative design, its introduction of other characters into this racing genre but also it allows the non-simulation people the non-hardcore i'm gonna do this in a tenth of a second faster because that's what i need to get pole position no it takes it to where it turns it to a little bit more fun you can race with your friends it's not extremely high stakes um well it's not extremely high stakes until you get bullet bill or the blue shell but exactly. <laughs> it is one of those that it's also really kind of set the foundation for the arcade genre of racing games. And with that, we've kind of covered the, the main contributor to simulation and pole position and the main contributor to arcade in Mario Kart. So really kind of what do we want to get into between the two what is the main focus what is the difference between a simulation and an arcade game at a more fundamental level rather than just saying oh pole position's a uh, simulation game and mario kart's an arcade game or gran turismo is a simulation game and burnout the burnout series or burnout 3 is an arcade style game well here's the thing like Arcade games are arcade games are fun, but I just don't think that they should be I don't think me personally, I don't think that arcade games should be very uh like actually competitive. Like you can have a competitive racing game if it has more like like if it has weapons on on top of the cars and like it's actually more like a tournament style game where it's where the cars are not only racing but they're battling each other i can understand that that's cool that's fun but i just don't think that there should be tournaments for mario kart or mario kart style games that's just my opinion though well there's tournaments for fortnite uh, don't remind me and for the record the people that are winning those tournament at fortnite will are um they're making. Did you just call me no, wolf? I mean, cat. Nonchalantly, no, cat, cat, definitely cat. Um, they are making millions of dollars from those tournaments. I mean, yeah, but like it, it's an, it's impressive. I mean, if you're good at that game, you can, you can legitimately make some money. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying to everyone, hey, I'm gonna become a Fortnite player and just try to get really good at it. But yeah, it is a. Uh, it's a thing. There is a hefty sum of money that is uh, there to win some of these games. Yeah. I just... I, so... <laughs> I'm just not real big on the whole uh, 
on the whole, I'm going to play Mario Kart and win more money than people who race in Forza or people who race in uh, Gran Turismo or Forza Motorsport. Just... Uh, it's not my thing. Anyway, or the Na- or the NASCAR scene. There's a beautiful NASCAR game that was out, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, just for the sake of time and for the sake of my own um, experiences, I'm not going to go extremely into Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I understand that Mario Kart is an extremely popular and extremely well known game that set the foundation and really is the poster child to arcade racing games. And I will give it that credit. I enjoy playing it when I play it. I do not have a vast experience of actually playing it. Most of mine are hanging out at a party or doing something, and it's on the TV and other people are playing. Yeah, It's fun, but I don't want to go into it because personally right now I can't give it the um, proper explanation or the proper uh, deep dive that it really deserves so with that all you uh mario kart fans out there i apologize to you i do recognize your game is very very good and has set the groundwork for a lot of things now going more into simulation and arcade simulation for a fundamental level is just a racing game that allows the player to feel like they are controlling a real car on for the most part, real tracks that actually exist. Yep. Um, it has gotten to the point recently where during this COVID pandemic that NASCAR was actually successfully able to host a server on their NASCAR game and broadcast it to millions of people on TV. And not only was it just, you looked at that and you didn't go, oh, eh, it's a, it's a game. You can kind of tell and you kind of walk away from that point, not thinking anything of it. If you personally, if I just passed by looking at it and I didn't take a second thought, I never would have known it was a racing game. It is a beautiful game with amazing graphics. Now, the crash, the crashing and the wrecks, that's a little different. That's really hard to recreate in a game for the actual real-world destruction that happens. Um, some games specialize in this. NASCAR is not one, because in NASCAR, you're not supposed to wreck. Exactly. <laughs> but that is the level that these games have gotten on, to where there are huge corporations that trust the game enough to represent their brand and to kind of go out and say, hey, this is good enough. This looks good enough. Let's put everyone on a computer and let's fucking race. Let's have a good time. Let's do this. And it worked. It worked really well. They cashed in on a market that was devoid of anything sports related. And they successfully gathered it through a racing game. To put this in perspective, Madden tried doing this, or the NFL tried doing this with Madden, and it failed. It flopped horribly. That is um, that is to say that Madden is not exactly the best football game made. It's basically well, the... it's, it is still the simulation of football games. When we can get into this argument um, later, I trust me, I have my opinions on it, and. It's just kind of what it is. That's a topic for another episode. Sports games. Yeah. Um, coming sometime in the future. Oh, God. 
but so that's really this um part about race about simulation racing games and they've outgrown just the disc or the download you'd put in it's no longer just a you have a controller in your hand and you're going into this world of racing games and the car on the screen feels really like real there are companies that specialize in building simulation rigs to where you hook it up to a system and then you have actual pedals a steering wheel a racing seat that you can move back depending on the car you're in or move up depending on the car you're in even to the point where you have gear shifts and just all of these details it got to the point where one uh i forgot his name and i apologize for that but one millionaire went out and bought a lamborghini aventador and then hooked it up on his xbox one so he could then race the lamborghini aventador in forza motorsport 7 yep so it has become a huge, huge thing of tr- these games react and act so well that someone has actually taken their real life car and made it the controller for the game. That is how real these games have become. Yep. And it is out. It is insane to think about how much further they can go forward. But when you play these games and you see them and you see all the adjustments that can be made. This... There's still room to move forward. I may not personally know some of the spaces that it can, but it's only going to get better. And when it does, it's going to be a beautiful thing. It's not only that, and I'm excited uh, about but that. there's, but there are simulation rigs out now that are like four to five thousand dollars that actually have that. Um, like if you've ever seen the, uh, seen the like shuttle rigs that you see when people are learning how to learning how to fly uh they use those as racing as like racing rigs and they are they're stripped down of course because they can't really fit those in their house but it's got the hydraulics has got the uh the real-time like the real-time movement and it's got up to usb 3.0 so that they can actually have that like real feeling of it and with it, uh, they've got the fans inside of the rig so that the faster that they go, the more the more air is coming into the into the vehicle, which is fucking insane. If you want a really good example of this, go on YouTube and look up rally racing um, rally racing um, yeah. rigs, simulation rigs. The hydraulics on those things, it is I I would get sick just sitting in one trying yeah. to race that trying to race in it. They're yeah. they're 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 insane. Um so apart from simulation games, we do have to go back to arcade. I'm sorry, Kat. I know it's not your favorite thing in the world, but we do have to go back to arcade because now I enjoy some arcade games. Um and essentially I found a wonderful way to describe arcade games, and these are my own words, and some of y'all may think differently, or some of y'all may agree. I personally really enjoy this, but an arcade game is one of those that is a, huh, you know what, I'm a little bored, 
let's get on this, drift around, crash some shit, blow some stuff yeah. up, and just have a good time. And really, that's what I feel when I'm playing an arcade game. If I don't want to get the frustration and the, why are you passing me? What have I done wrong? My car's not fast enough. And you just want to enjoy your time. You see someone coming up next to you and like, nah, brah, and just hit him into a wall or hit him into another car on the road and he wrecks. Awesome. Cool. You keep your position. You can't do that in a simulation game. And you can do that in these racing games. And you can do that in these arcade games. So it adds an extra layer of just enjoyment that the average person can kind of, uh, that the average person can get. If you're not a racer and you just want to get in a car and do some stupid stuff and go for it. One of my favorite things to do is load up the crew two, get in a drift car and just drift around the entire city. Just, I put some music on. I'd race around. I'd do this for probably an hour, hour and a half. And I just feel great. I have a smile on my face the entire time. There's nothing productive coming out of it, but it's Mm -hmm. just a fun thing to do. So throughout this, we've given a couple examples here and there of some games that are simulation and some games that are arcade. But let me go a little bit more into um, some more known simulation and some more known arcade games so that way y'all can really kind of get the understanding and some of these you're going to know much better than i am and some of these i'll know better than you and we can kind of bounce off each other and talk from there so again to start with the simulation game we've mentioned the gran turismo games the playstation exclusive simulation game um of course we mentioned the nascar game which is what really put it on the which really put simulation racing kind of on the map recently yeah. with the covid pandemic and you have uh forza motorsport you have your project cars and the wrc when you're into rally which um by the way rally drivers Fucking like insane. real rally drivers they have a pair of balls on them that are bigger than the cars themselves I can't. Those one drivers the, are insane. One of the one best. Uh, and they're dead. One of the best rally drivers I mean. named Ramona Garash. <laughs> uh, she. She is actually fucking insane. Like she, like she drives. Uh, she drives cross country and rally, and her fucking car is um, is insane. Like, she, man, like. She's just like all I can say is that she's fucking insane. Like, cause <laughs> you'll look at these cars and you'll see, oh, it's just a Ford Focus. Um, no, there is nothing Ford Focus of that car other than the general shape and that Ford logo. Yeah, because <laughs> other fun things in terms of this are in terms of the rally are the uh, if you haven't seen them. The Ken Block Gintama Gintama? No. Um Jim oh, Help me out here, Kat. Uh what were you saying? The Jim Tama the Jim oh, Kana. That was close. The Jim Kana series that he has. Those are just they're incredible. And the cars he builds for them are incredible. And some of the things he does, damn. Um 
he a little drift, bit off topic, but <laughs> he drifted up Pike's Peak. Yeah. Which, if you know that. what Pike's Peak is, Pike's Peak is a huge ass mountain where it's got some of the hardest curves and hardest turns to drive. Period. And he drove a fourteen hundred horsepower all-wheel drive <laughs> sixty-five Mustang. Uh up it like he didn't drive it down he drove it up and drifted up the car uh, i mean it up the uh of the mountain and i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it yeah like he like there was a point in that in that video where he almost like if he did not have enough power in that vehicle if he didn't push if he didn't push the throttle down enough he would have died like he would have flipped over and it's not the first time that people have done that in at peak at Pike's peak, because there are at least 300 fatalities at Pike's peak period. You're looking at hundreds of feet drops off of these ledges. So it, it really is a, you go off and you have time to think and you have time to think of, Oh shit, this is not good. Yeah. And that's uh, probably one of the last things you're thinking. And one of the one of my favorite things is that car, that car that we were talking about, the uh it is called the Unicorn B2. And <laughs> it is in Forza Horizon 4. That's a point for Xbox, bitch. <laughs> At least you drew it back to this. So, <clears throat> those are some of the uh simulation games and if it hasn't been uh Extremely obvious at this point. Um, Kat, you and I are more simulation, more simulation driven than arcade driven. <clears throat> yeah. But to go in some of the arcade games that they're out there, the Need for Speed, which the Need for Speed and Burnout, which for anyone that doesn't know or didn't play these games as a kid, Burnout was its own series, and Need for Speed literally killed it. They bought it. They yeah. ruined it. I'm not going to go into this rant. It broke my heart when I read it. Um, and then you have the Forza Horizon, not to be mistaken the, with the uh, Motorsport. They are two separate games, and it is it's not fully on the arcade side, but it has some arcadey elements to it, which is why I put it in this side of things. Okay, so this is one thing that I really like that I really would like to get into because. The first Forza Horizon game, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's it's very arcade driven, but when it comes to Forza Horizon two through four, those are those are much more uh, on the simulated on the simulation side than just than on the arcade side. That is not to say that you can't do arcade things in uh, in Forza because trust me, one of my favorite things to do in Forza Horizon four is change up the gears and the tuning and the tuning system in Forza change up the tuning where you where the first gear of the uh of the Huna truck is as fast as it can go and go 167 miles backwards on a highway huh. yeah point 0.2 for Xbox Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the other games. I've mentioned the crew. Um, and when I say the crew, 
I enjoyed the first one. The second one's better. I love the second crew game. Um, and then some other ones you have, uh, we won't necessarily, no one will know this except me. And if you do, please, um, please let me know. I'm not the only one, but there's also blur. I don't know if blur was a, uh, uh, PlayStation exclusive. I don't think it was, but I I really think I know blur blur was that, uh, racing game to where the actual driving was more or less realistic but it had that mario kart element to where you hit power-ups and you can throw stuff at people uh okay and i really uh, enjoyed it. i i think i remember that but uh i think i'm also thinking of a game called split second that was my f- that was one of my favorite arcade racers ever because uh split second was basically burnout but the racing is better. <laughs> like, like I enjoy Burnout. Like, I really do enjoy Burnout. I love Burnout Paradise. I like one of my first racing games after Forza. After Forza Motorsport One was uh, Burnout Three. Yep. But like, still regarded the thing one is, of the greatest just games of all time. Yeah, that is very true. It's really really fun, but um, <laughs> but. Split Second was one of my favorite games, period. Like, it was, like, you just ran through a bunch of tracks that were in abandoned warehouses, and you could, and you could hit, like, scaffolding and knock, knock things that were, that were above you onto other drivers, and, like, it, and, like, the tires would actually be, uh, would actually heat up while you were driving around and it would actually affect your driving. And I was so, I, I love that game so much. I adored it. <laughs> um, the last game I'm going to throw into this, or I guess the last two, because I'm going to talk about them a little bit more each are a game called rumble racing and then flat out. And I'll get more into those in a second. So essentially for really for the rest of this episode, Kat, you and I, I want us to just talk about what what games brought us into the racing world. What games brought us into being not only just simulation kind of racing gamers, but more in terms of the arcade. And I'll let you go first on this. Uh, so for me, uh, like I said, the first the first actual racing game that I ever played was um, actually I don't. The first actual racing game that I ever played was a little game by the name of Forza Motorsport. I was about five when the first game came out. Uh, it was, and I ended up getting an Xbox at that point, and the Xbox came with Forza Motorsport 1. I remember playing the game so many times that. I remember playing the game so many times and losing so many races when I was younger because the game, yeah, it had an assisted mode, but if you were like five or six, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. So (laughs) I would always choose, I would always choose like quick race and then I would pick the, uh, I would pick the, uh, the green, uh, 
what's it called? The Green Apollo. Uh, Apollo, I forget the name of it. Uh, the Green Apollo supercar with the Xbox logo on it and race around it and suck horribly. <laughs> and I love doing that. And that's one of the things I'd like to mention. When you first play racing games, you're not good. At all. No, you're... If you genuinely, when you first started playing racing games with no experience to it, and you were good at it, I'm sorry, I'm calling bullshit, or you actually picked it up later in life and you're a racer or something along those lines. But you don't just naturally pick up a racing game and just play it and win. It does not happen. Yeah. Like, you, like, if you're doing that, you're probably playing, like, really, really, like, fucking easy racing game. Like, you're, you're probably playing, like, baby's first, <laughs> you're probably playing, like, baby's first burnout or some shit. Like, it's, it's not the same. Like, when you first start racing in Forza or Gran Turismo. I've actually played Gran Turismo, so I, I can say that Gran Turismo is a really fun game. Uh, but I, when you're playing uh, Forza, when you're playing Project Cars, when you're, pre- when you're playing Project Gotham, if you know what Project Gotham is, oh my god, you know hell. Like, Project <laughs> Gotham is one of... is If you don't know what Project Gotham is, Project Gotham is the game where is the racing game where it's such a simulation that you have to map all of your buttons before you race. You have to map all of your buttons there. You have to pick the parts of your car before you race. And then once you start racing, you don't get to stop. You don't have any reruns, you don't have a pause. You start a race, you finish a race. And then you have to and then with the money that you made with that racing with that first race, you have to buy repairs for that car. Project Gotham was insane. Anyway. We need more games like that. And you seem to have some strong opinions towards uh, some games. And granted, I have very strong opinions too. But mine, I, the first racing game I, I consciously remember playing was Rumble Racing. And I don't expect anyone to really know what Rumble Racing is. I don't know if it was a huge game. It was an early 2000s arcade game. And essentially all it was, was you had your classic three tiers of, you have your basic cars, your slightly modified cars, and then your fucking super cool major engines, flames coming out the side cars, which as a kid, you want to get the flames out the side of the car. I mean, I still want to do that now on my car, but I might blow my car up. And it was one of those that it wasn't a super difficult game, but, and you had power-ups and you had like a battering ram or a super speed or a landmine and things like that. And it was very arcadish. You had shortcuts. and But as a kid, the bright colors, the enjoyment of it, the variety of vehicles you could pick, which I say variety, it probably was only like 10. Yeah. <laughs> but at that point, it's a variety. And it was one of those that it really kind of set my, 
I was already a kid that enjoyed cars and enjoyed racing. And it really kind of set me into, huh, I wonder what's out there. And that led me to two, two of my favorite racing games of all time, which is Burnout 3 and Flat Out. Now, Burnout 3 had a couple more decent ones after that. You had Burnout Revenge and Burnout Paradise. Yep. Revenge was okay. I enjoyed it. I still played it. Um, Paradise what blew my mind. Burnout Paradise, at least to me, I don't know if it truly was, but it was the first open-world racing game I've ever experienced. And it was not the first uh, open-world racing game. That... That goes. That title goes towards. Um, that title goes to Need for Speed Underground Two. Fuck Need for Speed, which um. is a f- <laughs> fucking Need for Speed Underground Two is a fucking masterpiece. Okay, like it is. Like I, I, I agree with you about Need for Speed in the later years, but Need for Speed Underground Two was fucking amazing. And yes, it is one of the few. It is one of the few arcade racers that I will actually defend. But now the fun part, so we we both Burnout's just Burnout has a pedestal on its own. It's kind of in its own thing. And yeah. The other side to that is there is um Flat Out. I mentioned Flat Out. Flat Out mm-hmm. was that game where it was kind of it was a it was an arcade but you could actually go into the garage and pick which upgrade you wanted. If you were an aggressive racer and you did a lot of damage to your car, by the way, you could blow your car up in this game if you were too aggressive. You could strengthen oh the roll God. cage to your car. You could add um, stronger bumpers and sh- yeah, stronger bumpers to the front and back of your car. Or if you just wanted to go fast, fuck a roll cage, take it out. Bumpers, nope. Get them out of here. Um, I want a bigger engine. I want a better gearbox. I want better tires. And we're just going to go past everyone. And if I get hit, well, I might just die. Um, it was one of those that... It was a PlayStation 2 game, but I loved it. And every time you wrecked, if you, you had a real wreck, your driver... This is before the DMV went on their whole, oh, everyone has to wear a seatbelt, blah, 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 which everyone wear your seatbelt. It will save your life. That Um, is true. No, but this is a game that if you hit something and your car stopped, your driver flew out the window. Oh, shit. And it had an arcade section dedicated to it to where you could play bowling, darts, ring toss and a whole bunch of other games i don't remember off the top of my head where the goal was to line your car up and hit a wall so your driver would fly out and hit whatever you're trying to hit oh my god so i just google it so flat out has its latest release is flat out for total insanity that one's fun as well and but i'm talking about the very first one also, the very first one is on Steam. All right, I'm buying that now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, just looking at it, it is 7:49 on Steam. All right, cool. Know what I'm doing this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it was one of those, and this is how influential race, racing games were for me, and how often I played them. If you 
take my Spotify now and what I listen to, and then you look at the soundtracks to those two games, Burnout 3 and Flat Out, the, the soundtracks are the almost the same. I loved the soundtracks to those games. It just, I get goosebumps just every time I hear those songs, it brings back that inner like nostalgia and that rage towards whoever your rival is in those games where I just want to fucking kill them. And it, it's so much fun. And it's one of those that it's the alternative kind of punk rock deal where you had your, um, your yellow card, you had your, uh, your offspring, you had these bands in this game, your Blink-182, and they just fucking, the soundtracks of those games, just, they set me up for kind of who I am today and the music I listen to. And it's really cool that games, especially racing games as a kid, have these effect on people. Um, And I know I've talked a bunch about arcade games, and we're going to wrap this up soon, but only because... um, it's been mentioned a couple times. I did play Gran Turismo 3, and it's probably one of my most played in terms of hours played games. Um, and the wonderful yeah. thing about it was you had these monthly events, these monthly races they were released for it, where you had to get a specific car, and you could do whatever you wanted to to that car, but and it changed every month. So if you completed the game, you still had something else to play and something else to root for. Um, the other side yeah. to it was when you got really long into that game, you reached something called the endurance section. And the endurance section is, well, it's what it says. It is two, two to three hours of a race. Each race, if you were to play it, is two to three hours of nonstop racing. And it's not like it's a funky track. It's like NASCAR to where you're just, you're, you're racing the Daytona 500 and you're changing tires, and you're getting fuel. And I get, for a lot of people, extremely fun. Love to do it. As a younger kid with a, an attention span that's about as long as a squirrel's looking at four peanuts, eh, maybe not the greatest thing for me at that time. But what I did enjoy, and this is something that um, my dad taught me about that game, was they have two different levels. So once you kind of get to the point in that game where all right, I kind of completed all the racing that I want to do personally. Oh, I can become a manager and a crew chief for this computer driver, give him the cars I've been using and winning with, and I want to see what he can do with them. And it turned it into more of a simulation and a watching kind of game, which was really fun because it added a new world, a new dynamic two racing games in general to where it's not just in the driver's seat it's watching someone it's telling them how to do it's being a crew chief and that was a lot of fun and it yeah kind of opens your eyes up to what goes into some of these worlds of actual racing yeah so for me on the other side of things with xbox uh so although my first racing game was forza was forza motorsport one and my actually my second racing game was uh need for speed underground 2 that's why i love it so much uh my my most influential racing game like the first game that i was like that i raced with this and i was like yo this is my fucking favorite game uh it was uh it was 
Forza Motorsport 4. I put in over at least over 300 hours in it. Like there were days after school where I would race for three, four, five hours. And I would, and I actually made a different, uh, different Xbox account so I could do the whole campaign over again. Like I did that twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I did it twice. Um, so what I what I loved about the game was that it had that it had the dynamic where at the beginning you would start off with very very like small cars, but as you race and as you uh, move that car up in uh, up in performance and move that car up in more fun races, more like more interesting races, you could actually you could actually raise your uh, your driver profile and raise your manufacturer profile meaning and the manufacturer profile meant that manufacturers would pay you they would also give you money uh, they would also take money off of the upgrades for the for their cars and they would also and this is this is one of my favorite parts they would also end up gifting you cars that weren't that weren't necessarily in the in the main library until you unlocked them with the manufacturer. So like I will always remember the time where I was like level nine with uh with Mitsubishi. I got to level ten and they gave me the most they gave me uh the Mitsubishi uh Mitsubishi 15 2015 uh prototype that was one of my favorite racing cars of all time and uh cuz the game came out in 2014 if I'm not mistaken well that was the that was the latest car in the uh in the game but yeah that was that was my that was one of those games that I was like, yo, I fucking love this game. And I ended up getting into let's see, what was it? Um I ended up getting into the Burnout games again with Burnout Paradise and then Burnout Paradise remastered. And I remember why those games are so loved because they're so they're just so fun to play like when you're just bored and you want to destroy somebody's car or you want to destroy your car they're just like it's whatever not only that but to drive around the map and find more cars that that was a fun way yeah. of unlocking cars i appreciated that dynamic which yeah. also need for speed uh, stole from have... well oh yeah uh but the thing is like Need for Speed has not really been. So I think I think we should I think we should explain why we dis why we dislike Need for Speed now. Well, you you don't really like Need for I, Speed. Period, I never had an issue with I, it. They just ruined the Burnout franchise, which which I mean, Burnout kind of was done, but they bought the rights to it, and. They kind of, I don't know, it put a sour taste in my mouth because I was satisfied with the way that 
with the way that series ended, and I I didn't need I played the Need for Speed, and it was a huge disappointment. I was expecting it to be another burnout, and it wasn't. Yeah. So one of my one of my issues with um with the later Need for Speed games is that the later Need for Speed games after like post what Need for Speed Carbon post that it was just it was just copy and paste copy and paste like it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a Forza where they would add different uh different features into it each game and it would be a different play experience not only just because there's new cars but also because they've added more features inside of the game no it was like with the need for speed it was okay there's new cars but here's the same look of the last game the here's the same look of the aftermarket parts of the last game to this to the look of this game. So now we're going to have this Nissan 370Z have the same look as the three as the Nissan 350Z in the last game. So Kat, I can but explain you why it. this is a thing. There, there's a reason what? why it started becoming that repeat game. And it makes money. Well, not only that, it's EA. <laughs> yeah it is and EA. we've harped on ea i think and i think we found a way to do it on every episode but yeah at some point it it really is just it, it it's just kind of sad and they've ruined yeah. a lot of people's kind of childhood games at this point and yeah we'll see how things go in the future i have my hopes of what happens with them. I don't want them to go out of business. I think they do genuinely try and the developers genuinely care, but I don't know. There's a there's a dynamic in there that's just not a uh, not proper. So, here here's my thing with EA. So, I uh, so I ended up having a discussion with some other with some other people uh and I started talking about my my vendetta with EA. Because in the last episode, again, shameless plug, if you haven't watched the last episode, go go give it a listen. It's really good. Uh, but EA has, has made really, really good RPGs. But as EA acquires and takes over more and more companies and has more and more things going with it, uh, EA ends up becoming less and less of the fun company that it was like with dragon age origins which is in my opinion one of my which is one of the best rpgs one of the best like straight up uh straight up story rpgs today and one of my one of my favorite all-time series to date uh well actually my favorite series today but with RPGs, it just uh, they killed off Mass Effect with Andromeda. Well, for the time being, unless they go, unless somebody just happens to stumble across that episode of our podcast and is like, "Hey, that's a good idea," uh, but probably not. What I love about the 
and this is probably the only thing I love about modern day EA is that they make really good e- they make really good RPGs. That's it. Everything else is kind of sucked. So I'm I do apologize for us. We did run a little bit long today, and but you know it this happens when you have two people that really really enjoy the topic they're talking about and that you and I both a lot of our kind of childhood and some of our earlier years are even kind of now are defined by racing games or not defined but shaped yeah by these games so it, we're just passionate about it so again apologize for the uh, slightly longer episode than normal but we do appreciate you we appreciate the listens we appreciate um the comments that we get and like always, if you have anything you want to say to us, or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, or if you just want to help us out and give us words of uh, inspiration, or, and this is my personal favorite thing you could possibly do, find a new way no. to make sure that cat is called no. or referred to in some way as wolf, just it. do it to me only, and I will make sure it gets involved in the show, because no. it is my life and joy right now. But if you have any uh, questions, comments, feedback at all, you can email us at letmeexplainanimepod at gmail.com, pod, P-O-D. So let me explain anime, pod, P-O-D, all one word at gmail.com. And then you can add us on Twitter where Kat will most likely see it because I don't do a Twitters. Yeah. Um, at, uh, at explain anime if I remember correctly. Explain anime. I don't have to look Explain it up. podcast. At explain podcast. Damn it. Damn it. I was close. Yeah. Um, explain podcast. I apologize. Again, no Twitters for me. And as always, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. You know, any feedback for, even if you just want to talk about racing games, the two of us love them and would love to talk more about them. So Hell again, yeah. thank you all. I've been Brady, and this has been Wolf. This is Cat. God damn another it! Another wonderful episode of Let Me Explain. Uh, <laughs> See you next week. Uh.